welcome to the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and we are here to talk about tips and strategies that you can employ to deepen your faith, improve your relationships, and just get the most out of your life. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Excel Still More program. Today is episode 58 with what is probably a familiar title to you, Five Love Languages. There was a book written in 1992 by a man named Gary Chapman, and he first coined this phrase and laid out these five categories of affection, and it really took the world by storm. He sold something like 8,000 copies in the first year, which actually was four times his projection, 17,000 the next year, 137,000 copies by year three. Soon after that, he found himself on the New York Times bestseller list, and the rest is kind of history. And just to be clear, while I'll be giving you a synopsis of that book today and challenging you in very specific ways as it relates to the five love languages, I highly recommend that you get the book and read it if you want in-depth analysis of each one of these categories. Okay, so I recommend today that you find a sheet of paper and a pencil so that you can write some of this down today. Maybe you can write down the five love languages if you aren't familiar, and there are a couple of exercises at the end where you will need to make some notes. Well, let's jump right in, and then we'll talk about all the relationship application at the end. There are five categories of love language. When it comes to how we share love naturally or how we perceive love from others, each of us is a little bit different. There may be dozens of different love languages and you may favor more than one thing on this list, but as you'll see today, you can probably rank them one through five in terms of how you best interpret love from another. Here is the list, and then we'll go back and diagram it. Number one, words of affirmation. Number two, acts of service. Number three, reception of gifts. Number four, quality time together. And number five, physical touch. Most of them kind of speak for themselves, But I will take just a couple of minutes here and give you some details for each. So the first one is words of affirmation. This includes anything wherein someone comes up to you and says something that affirms you. It makes you feel confident. It makes you feel special or important or loved. And this is the most direct way to give and receive that. By looking someone in the eye and using words. This is a husband looking his wife right in the eye and saying, You are beautiful and I love you. This is a wife looking her husband in the eye and saying, I need you and I trust you. Some people need that. They thrive on it. And if they're in a relationship where the other person doesn't offer it, they're constantly craving that. The second one is acts of service. This may be someone who doesn't say a lot. Maybe they don't use the word love every day or give verbal compliments. Instead, they just serve. 
This is the wife who takes care of the house and everything that the husband needs. She may not look him in the eye and tell him that he's special, but she serves him in a way that says that he is special. On the other side, acts of service by men are when they do things around the house or they work a full-time job or they take the car to get the oil change, her car, and while he may not write her a beautiful card, he is expressing his love for her through service. That's the second thing. The third one is the giving and receiving of gifts. While everybody likes to hear words of affirmation and everybody likes to be served when they have a need, some people truly feel the weight of love and affection when a gift is given. The idea of someone going out of their way to purchase a thoughtful gift or make something or find something and present it to them, those momentous occasions, these are people who love birthdays, they love the holidays, they love the exchange of it, and it really means a lot to them. There are some whose primary love language is the receiving of gifts. Number four is quality time. These are people who say, look, I love it when you say nice things. We definitely want to serve each other and gifts are nice, but there is nothing that means more to me than just being with you. Spending time together, communicating, just going out to dinner, turning off the television, taking a couple of days away from the kids and just being together. It's just about how I feel when I'm with you. And then number five is physical touch. We're not saying that this person doesn't value all of the other love languages, or at least most of them, but some people just really enjoy being hugged when you put your hand on their shoulder This doesn't necessarily have to be about physical marriage love. We know that's a part of this. But some people just react very well to touch, to appropriate touch. When a wife just puts her hand on her husband's arm, it can mean more to him than any words that she might say. An embrace may mean more to her than anything that he does in terms of gift giving or otherwise. So there you have it. Five love languages. Now, before we look at how to use that to our advantage, which I think is extremely important in marriage and actually even important in other relationships as well, more on that at the end, I want to first talk about why this often goes wrong. It seems pretty simple, right? You find out the love language of the person that you love and you speak in that language. They find out the love language of greatest value to you, and they communicate with you through that form. That sounds really simple. Let's just all do that. Well, it's not always the way it works. Here are a few things going on when it goes wrong. Number one is when people skip episode 58. They say, I don't believe in all that love language stuff, and love is love, and Love is just something that you feel and appreciate because of who they are, and it doesn't matter how you interact or whether you figure out what matters most to them. And so an episode like this or a book like that is just unnecessary to these folks. Now, the sad reality is, in most cases, they are not getting the most out of their marriage or their friendships, and pride is right there in the center of it. Basically, it says, 
However, I want to show love is the best way to show love because it's the way I want to show it. And the sad truth here is everybody in that relationship misses out. That person does, and more specifically, their significant other. It's just kind of self-centered to me. But that is one of the problems when someone just isn't interested in learning about things like this. Here's another problem, though. When I determine my primary love language, I determine this is the way I like to receive affection, and then I'm going to make two enormous mistakes. Number one, I will not tell the other person. I will not communicate with my wife about this. I will keep being upset when she doesn't understand what I want. I will keep devaluing her when she tries to show love for me, but it doesn't align with what I prefer. I will keep it to myself. That would be a massive mistake. The second mistake is like it. I determine my primary and secondary love language. It makes the most sense to me. And I determine that everybody else must have that exact same list. So in particular, in my marriage, if I choose physical touch and quality time as my number one and number two ways of showing love, Those are the only two ways I will show love to my spouse. I'm projecting. I'm saying the way I want to receive it is the way I want to give it. And so I'm not interested in knowing what her language is or what would please her the most. I'm just giving her what I want because that must be the right thing. Now it becomes frustrating for me and for her as I'm making all this effort and it's just not really resonating with her. And yet I'm really trying to send her a signal, aren't I? If physical touch is the one thing that means the most to me, who cares if it means anything to her or not? I'm going to touch her on the arm, put my arms around her, embrace her whenever I can, because I'm trying to get her to wake up and see that that's what I want. Well, I know this for sure. That strategy is ridiculous. I think we can do much better than that. Over the last 20 years, I've spent a fair amount of time in counseling sessions with couples. And it is amazing to me how many people have been married a long time and do not understand what each other values or how to meet the needs of those demands. And really, they just haven't talked about it. Sometimes it's been a decade or two decades, and it's never really become clear. So let's work on that. I've got a few minutes left with you, and I want to give you a few very specific exercises as it pertains to marriage, and then let's broaden it out a little bit. So let's start with you. I want you to write down or make a note of your primary love language and your secondary love language. Out of the five, words of affirmation, acts of service, reception of gifts, quality time, and physical touch, pick the thing that means the most to you, just you, and the thing that comes in a close second. Now that's important. Now you just hang on to that for a little while. We'll talk more about it in a minute. But it is important that you think through that so that you'll know exactly what to communicate to the other person when the time is right. All right, 
The second exercise I deem much more important. If you are in a marriage, write down or note your spouse's number one love language and secondary or the top two out of the five that mean the most to them. Don't ask them. Not yet anyway. Just see if you can figure it out. Take time outside of yourself. Forget about your list. Don't try to project that on the other person. The chances of those two things aligning up perfectly are not very high, mathematically speaking. But just based on what you know about them, what would mean the most to them? Now then, before we find out if you are right or not, I say we try it out. So don't go home tonight and say, hey babe, what were your two love languages? Like what really connects to you out of these five? Because this is what I guess and I want to see if I'm right. That would ruin all the fun. Let's not do that. Instead, in the next day or two, do something. In fact, do two things that directly communicate to them on what you believe to be their love languages. So if you think that his, ladies, you think that his primary language are words of affirmation, then sit down and tell him how important he is to you and communicate with words your meaning. If you think that her number one way of receiving love is through the reception of a gift, then go find something thoughtful, something that you know that she would love and catch her by surprise with it. Go ahead and make this two separate events when you display what you think is her number one or his number one, and then also when you put on display the secondary love language that you've chosen. All right, then, sometime after that, maybe that night, maybe the next day, whenever you think it's right, sit down with them and talk about this episode. Or at least talk about Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. Lay all five of them out on the table and ask your spouse two questions. Question one, ask them, what would you say are the two that mean most to you? And see if it matches up. And by the way, whatever you think their answer should be, their answer is what they give. You can't say, no, you need to fix that because I like your language to be something else. But it will be interesting to see if your guess and your demonstration resonated with them and matches up to their answer. And then ask them this, what do you think are my two primary love languages? I can tell you from experience, this is an important exercise. And I don't think it's going to go sideways on you. It may go sideways, in which case, blame it all on Gary Chapman and Chris Emerson and just move on and forget about it. But I have a strong idea that it will be a great comfort and revelation to you and your spouse and bring you closer together. Okay, really quickly to recap, of the five, write them down. List your top two. List your spouse's top two by your guess. Demonstrate those two things toward them and then sit down and ask two questions. What connects best with them and what do they think connects best with you? But listen, I've been thinking about this. Why does this have to be limited just to marriage? I think probably because the fifth one is physical touch and because the book was written largely to help marriages, 
we think that this is about that kind of romantic connection and can't be utilized. I'm not so sure about that. I've been thinking this week about my two teenagers. I love them. I love them both. They're great kids. And I really, really do love them. But it's just a weird time for me as a parent and for them as teens. And sometimes time can go by without love being communicated. So in a very appropriate relationship kind of way, what if I went back through this process and said, okay, my daughter is 18. What resonates with her the most? Words of affirmation about how great she is, me doing something that services a need that she might have, giving her a gift, just taking her out to dinner or sitting down for a conversation, or maybe even a warm embrace like we used to do all the time when she was little. It would be a mistake for me as a parent, number one, to ignore all that and just let these years fly by, not worried about whether or not she knows I love her. That would be a huge mistake. Secondly, it would be a mistake for me to decide how she receives love and then limit myself to only those things. Maybe I can try the same thing, even with my 15-year-old son. What's the best way to show him I love him? I think this week I'm going to note a couple of things and try them with him and see how he reacts. And then, yeah, I'll go out and shoot some hoops with him. And while we're out there, I'll kind of introduce this. It'll be a little sappy, you know, five love languages. But in some way, I want to find out, hey, man, how do you know that I love you? Like, what really shows that to you? And I may be surprised by what I hear. So it uh, looks like I've got my plate full this week. And maybe you can try some of this as well. Just remember the goal here. Beautiful, love-filled, productive relationships. God has filled us with love by addressing our greatest needs. Let's seek to do that with others. If you need a place to start, take some time today and consider the five love languages. Thank you so much for listening today. We encourage you to check out the website, excelstillmore.life, where you can subscribe to emails, order the three-month journal, or check out past episodes. As always, please consider sharing this with people in your life who you think we can help. And whatever you do today in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, excel still more.